0: Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. It's time for the soul of excellence.
1: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York.
0: The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush,
1: rush.
0: Now here's Bo Snerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ditto heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence.
1: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York.
0: The rush hour is on the air. Rush
1: Rush
0: now. Here's Bo Snurdly.
2: Well, here we are, Cheney Day 2, on WABC Talk Radio 77. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And of course, while Liz Cheney will be front and center in our discussions this afternoon, there are other things in the news which we will cover. Let us begin the discussion of Ms. Cheney with this column from Frank Bruni in the New York Times, The Old Gray Lady. Frank says that in the ways that count, Liz Cheney won. You see, the
1: great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history.
2: That was from Liz's concession speech. We'll be hearing more from Ms. Cheney later. Comparing herself, of course, to the great Abraham Lincoln, many of you might disagree with her self-characterization Many of you might think that Liz Cheney is a legend in her own mind, and that's where it stops. I would say this, though. History can sometimes have a way of providing the unexpected. If someone were to look in Churchill's career, for instance, prior to World War II when he had been pretty much dismissed as an irrelevant. Character in his own party, one might assume that he would never rise to the prominence that he did, which is, in many people's minds, becoming the singular greatest political leader in the 20th century. And Liz Cheney is betting on a long game. She's betting that over the course of time, many of you will turn your attention away from Donald Trump, that many of you will think that Donald Trump is everything that she says he is and that she will be rewarded for her efforts. That may take years to play out. But as far as today goes, Elizabeth Cheney is none of that. She is not the leader of a vast movement in the Republican Party, nor is she a the leader of a vast movement in America, unless you define Trump hate as a vast movement. But Frank Bruni, New York Times, in the ways that count Liz Cheney won. He says, I know what the numbers say. I can read the returns, but those hard, cold, simplistic measures Liz Cheney was defeated overwhelmingly in her House Republican primary in Wyoming on Tuesday night and her time in Congress is winding down but it is impossible for me to say that she lost. She got many, many fewer votes than her opponent, an unscrupulous shapeshifter unfit to shine her shoes because she chose the tough world of truth over Donald Trump's underworld of lies. That's a moral victory. She was spurned by conservatives in Wyoming because she had the clear-eyed vision to see Trump for what he is. And, unlike Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, whose titles perversely include the word leader, she wouldn't don a a blindfold. That makes her a champion in the ways that count most. Come January, she will no longer be Representative Cheney because she represents steadfast principle in an era with a devastating deficit of it. History will smile on her for that. It will remember the likes of McConnell and McCarthy for different darker reasons. You tell me who's a winner in this crowd. Well, Frank, Donald Trump is a winner. Elizabeth Cheney today, and again, I give allowance that the future may tell a different story, but as of today, she's not a winner. She's a loser.
0: Liz, you're
3: fired. Get out of here.
2: The thing about it that Many of you leftists don't understand is that you can continue with your Trump hate fest all you want to. One thing that you will not be able to do is take away Donald Trump's record of achievement. You can lie about him. You can call him all the evil names that you, that you usually, until Donald Trump reserved for the deplorables, for those people in the Republican Party who fought against your liberal ideology tooth and nail. Donald Trumpian was a champion for those people. Donald Trump was a champion and is a champion for those people, for instance, who demand that something be done about our borders. And in a short while, we're going to speak with Todd Bensman about the borders. You see, my friends, record numbers, record numbers have crawled or ran or jumped or leapt. Through America's open borders and right now we are facing an existential threat to our economy and to more from the sheer number of people overwhelming this country who will need welfare government money in order to sustain themselves in the ways that count President Trump will be remembered as a hero largely because he kept his campaign promises on the Supreme Court. That's not included in any of the liberals like Frank Bruni's ways that count. To liberals, that is one of the things that they most despise about Donald Trump, that he kept his promises to America. When you look at Donald Trump's battles during the presidency with China, and you look instead and you see the way that Joe Biden appeases China, and you look at the way that the Biden family has taken money from China, and yet this Department of Justice doesn't see fit to tell that story you investigated. Those are things that in the long view of history, Donald Trump will be remembered for doing the right thing. When you look at what he did as president with regulations, the deregulation of American businesses, with lowering the corporate tax and producing more income, more jobs. When you look at the totality of his track record, Donald Trump will be remembered as a great president if there is an objective view, not a view filled with hate. And when you look at the left... Those people who today are putting Elizabeth Cheney on a pedestal, who think that somehow or another there should be a statue erected in front of American democracy bearing the name Elizabeth Cheney. Those people will not be looked upon kindly. The people that lied, the people that schemed to try to do a coup, commit a coup against the sitting president. Those people in the Lincoln Project, And by the way, isn't there a pedophile or something? I I forget the exact nature of the allegations against one of these big Lincoln Project guys. The Lincoln Project has declared the election loss of Elizabeth Chena is, quote-unquote, the end of the Republican Party. No, it may be the end of some of the rhinos, but it is certainly not the end of the Republican Party. So you see, we do still have two different views that couldn't be any further apart. In one world, liberals and their rhino buddies look upon Elizabeth Cheney as the second coming. She's kind of a messiah. She's the Joan of Arc of American politics in their eyes. Sacrificed on the altar because she to them represents virtue and truth. But to the rest of us, Elizabeth Cheney is nothing but another Trump hater in a long line of Trump haters who is willing to co to willing to collaborate. With the political enemy of the Republican Party, the Democrats and the liberals, the people that are running this country into the ground. And she's nothing more than a collaborator. Politically speaking, I don't have anything against Liz Cheney on a personal point of view. I don't know her. I don't wish to say disparaging things about her or her character. Liz Cheney operated. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt out of what she thought was the right thing to do. I think she's entirely wrong. I think she has been driven by this insane hatred of Donald Trump. That's what I think. But I don't know her. So I don't want to make this personal. And I wish her well in her future. I just hope that that future doesn't include her having any success in politics. Of course, your calls are welcome. We'll talk about Liz Cheney, but... There are some other things we're going to talk about. We need to talk about immigration, and we're going to do that when we get back. And, of course, I'm anxious to hear what you have to say about everything on your minds this afternoon. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snirly. It is Bo Snirly's Rush Hour, and we're coming right back.
0: This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snirly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: cool and the game bring us back on this day after primary day in Wyoming and Alaska a day that saw Liz Cheney defeated by not an insignificant number in Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski is still in the running, but so is her opponent, her Republican opponent. Trump endorsed Republican opponent, who took second place. And with their new system of voting, that's going to be up for grabs. And the difference, uh, the difference between them, I think, is just two or three percentage points. Also, Sarah Palin advanced. And so it'll be interesting to see whether Sarah Palin can pull it off in the general election as well in Alaska. Meanwhile, let us turn our attention to what's going on at the borders. And, folks, we have been so busy over the last few weeks with the, <clears throat> the events down at Mar-a-Lago, with the events in these upcoming primaries, that there hasn't been a lot of attention paid to what's happening at the border. Fox News is reporting today that migrant encounters at the southern border now exceed 2 million, 2 million people so far in fiscal year 22 as the Biden era crisis continues. Todd Bensman, our good friend from the Center for Immigration Studies is with us. He had an article uh, last week that Biden is accelerating the illegal border invasion. Todd, welcome. How are you? Uh, Doing quite well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Todd, you wrote an article that is stunning. You say that Panama has dramatically shortened the notorious Darien Gap route from South America for the first time. Now, a lot of people don't know what this means. So I'm going to ask you to explain what is this, what is the significance of it. You point out that there are now... U.S.-bound immigrants trying to break through the southern border from more than 150 countries around the world, that nationals from Mexico or Central America are coming in at record levels. And with all of this, they are having an easier time. There is actually now what you've termed a superhighway a true superhighway that has opened for migrants to come into the United States. Can you explain to your fellow citizens here in America what exactly is happening at our shared southern border?
4: Sure. Well, first, let me remind you what uh, the Darien Gap is. That is the infamous jungle passageway, uh, 60 to 70 miles uh, to cross from South America, into central america through the panama through the isthmus there and in order uh, to get through there and onto mexico uh if you're from anywhere else in the world uh including south america you have to pass through that jungle route uh it was a terrible uh route very um you know death uh, defying and uh claiming lots of lives of about a 10 day trip Uh, on foot through mountains and over rivers that were flooding and lots of bandits and armed groups killing people all through there. Well, the Mayorkas, uh, DHS, and uh, Anthony Blinken's State Department saw that and decided that they wanted to have – work with the Panamanians and the Colombians on making that easier for people. And so after a lot of shuttle diplomacy uh, between the two countries, we suddenly saw the emergence of a two-day trip. Uh, people are no longer going on that 10-day uh, trip. The vast majority are, are being able to, to get through very quickly and easily, much easier uh, and in greater numbers thanks to uh, what looks like a diplomatic agreement. They signed a bilateral agreement uh, a month the, about a month ago. Uh, which solidified that uh, new route, which has not been reported in the u s media yet, the other thing that happened so wait was... a minute,
2: let me just summarize this for people, and one of the routes that kept many <clears throat> illegal immigrants from crossing into the United States, it was a ten day route it was treacherous, it was dangerous. Our state department and our immigration. Leaders over at Homeland Security that are supposed to protect the homeland of the United States of America conducted diplomacy with Panama and with others and came to an agreement that allows illegal immigrants a much easier trouble-free passage, greater numbers into the United States. Do I have that right?
4: You have that exactly right. Uh, As unbelievable as that is, uh, if you read the bilateral agreement, it's only about a page and a half online. I've got it linked in the article. Uh, It talks about the uh, administration's policy goal here, which is to create safe, orderly, and humane migration flows, not to stop it or retard it or shut it down or slow it or anything else, but to make it safe, orderly, and humane. And that is this administration's policy objective with all irregular immigration coming in from all over the world. Uh, They say it all the time. You can hear the president say it in his speeches. You, You hear all of the senior administration people talk about safe, orderly migration, not about shutting it down. At about the same time, there was a lot of shuttle diplomacy between the administration and Mexico, Mexico City. Uh, You and I have talked about this many times. I've been down to southern Mexico and seen it and talked to you and your audience all about this, that prior to this, the Mexican National Guard was deployed on the south, uh, Mexico's southern border to block people up down there and make them kind of wait until they're – 30 50,000 it was difficult and then they would let them all go anyway in what I would call ant operations. That's over. now after this diplomacy, the Mexican government makes no pretense of holding anyone back. they are now issuing seven-day transit visas uh, and uh, and 30-day uh, multi-family visas that uh, require people to self-expel. <laughs> and they don't care where you're self-expelling so they're self-expelling to the United States they have to be out of the country so so between Panama what they did in Panama and what they did in southern Mexico uh, is what I'm calling a super highway because now there are no impediments there's no blockages it's all super fast easy uh, granted it may be safer that's a good thing but ultimately it's going to attract a lot more people. And why does that matter? Because for the first time ever, we are seeing the greatest numbers of people from all over the world come through. Uh, 40% plus of everybody that reaches our southern border is now from 150 different countries, not including Mexico or Central America. And I want to read you this, this statistic that is in that Uh, Grouping, which is that uh, this is where I'm reading it right off CBP's website. They have an entry for this now. That so far to date, 66 people from uh, who are on the FBI's terrorism watch list have crossed that southern border and have been apprehended. 66 so far this year, uh, fiscal year, and to give you a comparison, in 2021 it was 15. 66 now and the year before that in 2020 it was three so the number of people who are on the fbi's terrorism watch list is just going through the roof in its comparative numbers not not good
2: not good also the amount of fentanyl crossing through the southern borders that's for an entirely different discussion because it is just out (laughs) of control right it's out of control so the Biden administration has pretty much given up on trying to control any any illegal immigration into the country. Instead, what we have is truly an open border situation. Bring whoever you want. Come from whatever country you want. Come on in. We're not vetting you. And, in fact, some of the people that ended up in New York City from Texas, in fact, had COVID. And no one cares. We don't care. You have COVID. We don't care what you have. Just come on in. And flood America.
4: Now, I will say that you know Title Forty Two is still in force. There are people. It's not a completely open border yet because about forty percent of everybody who reaches the border does get turned back around and put in Mexico. But that forty percent is the lowest number since Title Forty Two has been in place. Uh, Just. You know, some months ago, it was at 60 and 70 percent, and now it's at 40 percent. The number keeps dropping and dropping and dropping, and the administration wants to eliminate Title 42 entirely as soon as they can, uh, in which case then you will see a really remarkable spike in these apprehension numbers. We are, like Fox News reported, um, in the uh, historic territory. We have never had this many apprehensions at the border in the history of the United States. Uh, the year is not even over, and we have broken the record. There's still another two months to count of the fiscal year. So we're going to be looking at probably 2.1 million apprehensions for the fiscal year. Uh, that compares to 1.7 million last year last fiscal year 2021 which in itself was the world record you know for the united states uh so we just it's it'll be a second year of uh, just you know the biggest records we've we've ever had in this country this is this is by far the greatest mass migration crisis in u.s history we've never seen anything like this
2: Todd Bensman, thank you so much. We're going to be continuing to check this out with you. Center for Immigration Studies is where people can find you. And Todd Bensman, your website is
4: ToddBensman.com. You can read all my material there. And I'm with CIS.org, C- Center for Immigration uh, You can look up my uh, writings there as well.
2: Thank you so much, James Golden, aka Bo Sterleys. Bo Sterle's Rush Hour coming right back after this.
0: The rush hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: WADC Talk Radio 77. Edda James brings us back.
5: My love has come along. My lonely
6: days are over.
1: And life
6: is like a song.
2: Well, ladies and gentlemen, at last it has arrived. If you go to our Instagram, WABC's Instagram site, you'll see what I'm talking about. I am holding up the package that came in the mail from JLo Beauty.
5: The booty bomb.
2: The booty bomb. At last has come in. And the packaging on the booty bomb is,
6: I found a dream
2: how shall we say, glitter. It is, it is me. yes, a nice, bright, a shiny I, object.
5: I, I, I call oh,
2: so, I have I given it to the person that we are giving it to. She and her husband will begin tonight deploying to... J-Lo's booty bomb on said booty, and they will let us know within a few days whether the booty bomb works, at which time we will let you know if J-Lo's booty bomb is all that it says, and that is B-A-L-M, not a bomb, J-Lo's booty bomb. We'll know whether it indeed makes your booty everything that you want your booty to be. I am going to continue to ask our sales department here to try to reach out to JLo and her organization if this product is all that it says it is. And we'll see whether we can find a way to offer you the booty bomb that you've been Damn waiting it, it's for. It's
1: about time.
2: Thank you. Let us head to the telephones and start with Joe in Long Island. Thank you for waiting, Joe. You're on Boston Early's Rush Hour.
5: Yes, hello. Um, I just wanted to say, as I'm sure you know, all the Trump-endorsed candidates, well, not all of them, but most of them did very well in the Republican primaries. Um, I just wanted to say, I think what Republican voters need to realize is that this November's midterm elections are what really count. And I was wondering if you think Republican voters will be able to maintain the same momentum into the midterms.
2: What I am suggesting, and it's interesting because I was on um, Nigel Farage's show, I was interviewed by a radio station earlier this week, by a great morning show, and they asked the same question, what about the midterms? And what I said was this, we need to pretend if it is not true. We need to act like we are the underdogs. We cannot buy into this red wave talk and say, oh, it doesn't matter if I don't go out, they've got it, my, 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 my party mates have this covered. We need every single Republican hand on deck, every single conservative. You must, must go out and place your vote. We also have to have Republicans in every single polling place and watching. And that doesn't just include polling places in your own neighborhood, but some of us are going to have to go outside the neighborhood and go into places. That we don't typically go into to secure to make sure that we secure the vote and that there are no shenanigans we have to pretend to be the underdog we have to organize we have to get better at organization this is a political war it is not a civil war some are saying it is it is a political war and we have to engage in this political war with all due diligence if we are going to succeed So that's my thought. I thank you so much for the call, Joe. Let us go to Tom in Bergen Beach. Welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77 with Bo Snurley.
5: How are you? Hey, Bo. It's always good to talk to you. Your perspective is enlightening. Yesterday, the King of Rock and Roll and the Queen of Soul celebrated their their death day, you know, and I just wanted to recognize that. uh, They were both passed on the same day. And
3: uh,
5: I I, I miss them both, you know. I I am glad to see that this team. Um, she's a rhino and it sounds like um, she sounds like listening me at times and uh, she's a big part of the cancer culture and I'm glad she's gone. You know, um, the other thing I'm to ask you about look, is this uh, the World Trade Center. Um, the uh, museum is closed down today. Um, yeah,
2: one of them. And this is not the this yeah, is the uh, tribute museum that could not <laughs> sustain after COVID. And that so it is closing down. You're right. And that's just yeah. that's just a shame. But they're still going to operate online, so people yeah, can
5: can uh, go ahead. I'm <laughs> not I'm not a, a long run person, but you know I, I I never got a chance to go, and I lost a lot of friends in in 911, uh, and then I lost a lot of battle buddies in um, in Iraq. You know when I joined, and as a soldier, I feel totally betrayed by this president. You know he's a liberal, and um, his ideas cause our country to be no longer sovereign, and and we might teach him but he should be in jail Not he should be in jail for treason we need to think
6: about that look
2: I don't throw around this treason word very often I think we need to prove treason before we start saying treason I want the Dutch our two-tiered legal system makes that difficult but I would like to see a thorough investigation of the Biden's activity both with China Russia no with not both but all of their dealings China Russia Ukraine let's see where the money flows And while you're at it, look at the Clinton Foundation as well. And there's Republicans that also have some shady dealings overseas, and we need to look at all of it. We need a justice system that actually does what a justice system is supposed to do, not just persecute Republicans. And then I would be more in a position to use words like treason if we could prove it. So thank you. I do appreciate the call very, very much. And again, the Tribute 9-11 Museum is still open online for those of you I interested. Let's go to Bernadine in the Bronx. Bernadine, thank you for waiting. You're on Bo nervous Rush Hour.
6: Yes, this is Bernadine.
2: Yes, Bernadine.
6: Yeah, uh, I'm 85 years old. I'm from East St. Louis, Illinois. I'm calling because uh, I came here in 60 and I was down at a place called Beefsteak Charlie's uh, when they had Horn and Hearted there. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'm a drummer
1: and I used to
6: be down there at the uh, bar whenever they needed a drummer. Whoever wrote songs, they would come in, oh, I need a drum. I need a piano player. They would play for half an hour, and then I would beat a drum on a lot of them. And I met Otis Blackwell there, and I was there one day when he had got a check for $17,000, I don't know from what song it was, and he just set up the whole bar at that time. It was a place where all jazz musicians used to hang out. I met George Heron's drummer, Denzel Biss, there. Um, I met Errol Garner there. This was a place called Alabama. I think it was on fifty-eight or 59th Street and 1st Avenue. But I just wanted to share that with you. But I'm a drummer. I'm 85 years old now, and I'm, I'm DJing. I, I did a little work with a... Hazel Scott there when her drum had to play uh, with Dorothy Donegan at a hotel, and
2: I played with her for a month there. Bernadine, outstanding story. We so appreciate you. And glad to know that Otis Blackwell did indeed benefit from all his songwriting. If you were with us yesterday, we played Otis Blackwell. He wrote many of the hits that Elvis Presley later recorded. So we played a sample of his singing and his songwriting yesterday. We're coming right back. Bo Snidley's Rush Hour right after this.
0: This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snidley on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
1: Uh, As a country, we're facing uh, very challenging and difficult times. Uh, We're facing a moment where uh, our democracy really is uh, under attack and under threat. And those of us uh, across the board, Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, who believe deeply in freedom and who care about the Constitution and the future of the country, I think have an obligation to to put that above party, uh, and uh, and I think that fight is clearly going to continue and clearly going to go on. That's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months.
5: Oh,
3: yeah. oh,
1: and I'm not saying that she's not, you know, she is a politician and she wants to have um, a, a say in, in public discourse, but she also is a very famous person. Who will use her megaphone and her platform to keep saying the kind of thing that she said? And she will get attention. She will get a lot of attention.
0: And she and and there is there isn't a network who will turn her down if right. she right if
2: she offers or she wants to come on. So
0: mm-hmm.
5: she'll
2: be able to discuss all yep. of them. Yeah, the last was Don Lemon. Oh, Liz can come on any network, anytime. Oh, and then Liz, she's thinking about running for president. Please, Liz. Please do it. Please, Liz, run for president. Let's go to Mike in Middletown, New Jersey. How are you, Mike?
7: Hey James, how are you doing? Great to talk to you.
2: Good, thank, thank, you. You so,
7: thank you. Thank you so much for mentioning Otis Blackwell. He was fantastic. Songwriter, wrote many, many hits. But do you know the inspiration for All Shook Up which you played yesterday?
2: No, I don't know the inspiration for it.
7: Quick story. Basically, the publisher told him, had a bottle of Pepsi. He was shaking up, said, Otis, you can write anything about anything. Why don't you write about this bottle of Pepsi? And within 30 minutes, he had all shook up written for him. And the other thing people forget about him is that he actually co-wrote a pop standard using a pseudonym. He co-wrote Fever under the name John Davenport, uh, which has been covered by Peggy Lee, Elvis. Wait a minute. Madonna. Fever
2: is his song?
7: Yes. He co-wrote it. He was in a, he was in a fight oh. with his publisher. And he wrote it with his friend Eddie Cooley, and the name is John Davenport, which was his father-in-law's name. And that's his, he, he co-wrote that song for Little Willie John. And then, of course, Peggy Lee rewrote it, and it became a big hit. But yes, he, he wrote for Jerry Lee Lewis, Great Balls of Fire. Guy was amazing and just an amazing songwriter. And if you ever need any of the demos, I have some of them. Let me know. I'll tell your producer. I'll give you my name and my knit number. I'll send it to you.
2: We're gonna take your name and number. That is an amazing offer. I'd love to hear the demos of some of this material. That's historic stuff, my friend. Thank you. And I, you see, you learn something every day. I had no idea that he co-wrote Fever. That is just amazing. Let us go to Wendy in Huntington, New York. How are you, Wendy?
3: Hey there. Good. Thanks for taking my call. You have to let me know how that booty cream turns out. Oh, I will. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean I trust do have, me. I do have my own booty, but hell you never know. Could always use a little more.
2: <laughs> well, well, right. well, we will definitely <laughs> let you know.
3: All right, thank you. So listen, I just want to say that I think Ms. Cheney has a lot in common with Hillary Clinton. There must be good friends outside of the Capitol. I think they're both in denial. And they don't really understand that we don't want to be part of their party. We want our own party, we want a new party. And people have a lot of you yeah, ask
2: me. Well, they do. And one thing I think about Liz Cheney, you know, I think that there's an entire wing of the Republican Party that doesn't realize how much many of us in the Republican Party despise the establishment. We held our nose to vote for John McCain. We held our nose to vote for Mitt Romney in many cases. And these people always, when now when we have a candidate that we 100% support, they trash them they don't They don't just silently hold their nose like we did for their establishment candidates. they trash Donald Trump. They join and collaborate with Democrats. These people are to many Republicans despicable, and they're 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 collaborators That's the best I can put it. Let us go to Leonardo in Essex County, New Jersey. We're on Post-Irby's rush hour. How are you, Leonardo?
5: I'm doing good. Hands off Rudy Giuliani. I hope that uh he does very well in Georgia, uh, I'm praying for him. Uh, and I also wanted to say about uh, Liz Cheney, I, I don't know why, but I know you're a musical guy, Bo, and every time I see her face on that fake committee, I I hear Elvis, then I realized that I was like actually channeling Elvis because I hear uh, Hound Dog, the lyrics of Hound Dog, uh, <laughs> in my mind she's so sad, she never smiles. And, uh, you know, then you look at the lyrics, she's crying all the time and she definitely ain't no friend of mine.
2: Wow. <clears throat> I'm glad that you're not focusing on her looks cause I wouldn't do that, but it was more about the substance. So thank you, Leonardo. I do appreciate the call very, very much. Let's go to GI Geno Jack in Hackensack. What's up GI Geno Jack. Hey, my buddy, how
3: you doing? I hope I'm good. You're doing well, and I appreciate all that you've done and, and, and speaking up for America. I just want to bring up a few quick things. All this concern, and look, my, our, all our people came, even the Native Americans walked over you know, on the Bering Straits. Everyone came from somewhere else to make this the greatest country in the world. But let me tell you something, my friend come here legally. Come here legally as our ancestors did and learn the ways of America and defend America. From Christopher Columbus to Frank Capra, who served in World War I and World War II, to Joe Basilione, who gave his life in in, uh, in Iwo Jima in 1944, American Marine, to what happened to Luke Costello, who went all over the country selling war bonds and didn't take a cent. We all came from immigrants. They should be more concerned that 64% of the homeless men and women in America, and there shouldn't be one, in the richest, greatest country in the world, 64% of the homeless men and women in America are American veterans, God help them. And each and every year, 13,000 American veterans commit suicide, my friend. God forgive yes. them. That's one every hour. By the time I know. this show is over, and today-
2: G.I. Geno Jack, you need your own show because you're taking over you. mine right now. But I love you, and you got to call us back. You are an amazing guy, and what you say, you have so many things that are interesting and that we need to talk about. Call back Saturday when we have, like, three hours and we have more time. Love you, Gino, Jack. Call us back. Vic, Westchester County, how are you?
3: I am all right. Listen,
4: I'm going to vehemently disagree with your positions. I am a lifetime conservative, older than you are. Mm I've voted Republican my entire life until this election. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you why I support Lynn Cheney. Her positions okay. are mine. She has stood up. She's done something that no, no politician American America in my lifetime has done. She's put her beliefs and her positions in the firing line of not only
3: losing her job, but every one of you guys on every radio station make a joke out of a woman who says, give me liberty or give me death. And she is a paragon, not necessarily of your politics, but of courage and virtue in in the in the place of criticism and derision by you and others. And I'm surprised. Okay, did you, you by the way, Vic, flowers. did
2: you hear me say, did you hear me say earlier that I have nothing personal against Liz Cheney? Did you hear me say that? I get it,
3: but you're criticizing her position. Because I'm criticizing
2: her position because I happen to support Donald Trump, just like, and apparently you don't. Now, I am not making this personal with Liz Cheney. And I also said, in time, Liz Cheney, with history, depending on where history turns out, may be, may be viewed at very differently by Republicans than she is today. But here's what I want, Vic. Time is running out, and I want to give you a fair shot. I want you to call tomorrow. We'll call you. Give us your number. We'll call you. I want this content, this conversation to continue. I want you to tell everybody Why you support Liz Cheney. And as long as it takes, we'll keep you on. That's a promise, Vic. Anyway, that's it for today. Both Nervies rush hour. Gotta go. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll be back tomorrow. Booty bomb. And we'll be back. Remember, catch it night up next. See you tomorrow. Bye.
3: Liz, you're fired. Get out of here.